Hey, what up, family? It's your boy, Tim Castleman, here, and welcome to another edition of the semi-infrequent, rarely recorded, often promised to drink Tim podcast. Listen, I know I've been MIA for a while. A lot of exciting and fun uh, shit going on behind the scenes, and by exciting and fun, hope you can uh, tell the sarcasm that's kind of kept me MIA, along with just wanting to have some time to fuck off, right? And I'll be honest with you. It's not like I've just been uh, beating uh, the bush or burning the candle or whatever euphemism you want for working hard. It's more been like, eh, I could record a podcast today. Or I can stay in bed and watch Justified all day. Hmm, wonder what's going to win. So uh, let me kind of catch you up on where I've been, what's going on, and uh, what's been what, basically what's happened since we last uh, spoke. So uh, last podcast, one of the last few podcasts I recorded was uh, lovingly called Fuck January, uh, which was just basically about how terrible January was uh, and how we had a bunch of staff changes. Uh, we had a, uh, an assistant completely and totally flake out on us. Uh, some interesting developments there, um, and uh, basically a uh, big old bag of dicks. That's what that's what January was, just a big, tremendously huge bag of dicks, right? Well, I'm happy to report that February was the complete and total opposite with, uh, with regards to income and a lot of other cool things. So we had our best month ever financially in February. Yay, right? Uh, had... Uh, what used to take me all year to make, I made that uh, in a single month. We had our first six-figure month as a company. It was absolutely crazy and amazing and extremely exciting and kind of a new high, right? Like one thing I've noticed, uh, at least for me, is um, I'm always chasing a new high when it comes to business, right? Like the first time I made a dollar online, that was exciting and sexy and hot. And then it became normal and natural. Then $5 and 10 then 100 then, you know, 10000 20000 a hundred thousand, et cetera, et cetera. So this, right, February being so amazing, uh, was a new high for me. I'd never done six figures in a single month. Uh, financially, we're off to a great start for the year. So, of course, what happens? I'm driven. I'm motivated, right? So keep going, keep going, keep going. No, of course not, right? Because there is a downside to making a lot of money, and that is when you make a lot of money in a short amount of time, you think, I'm good, I'm good. Um, I don't know if I ever shared this concept with you. I, I don't know who taught it to me, uh, but it stuck with me, and uh, it's, it's something I want to pass on to you. And it's just basically, it's it's just called your internal thermostat, right? And this is why people whose lives are dumpster fires, that's why they tend to uh, stay in those relationships and lifestyles. People who are fat, this is why they tend to stay fat. Or people that maybe you know have lost a bunch of weight go back to uh, that same weight in a few years and this is why, right? We all have this internal thermostat. So right now, whatever, you know, if you're listening to this and you got a nine to five job, right? Whatever you're making right now, that's your thermostat, right? And that's what you think like, okay, this is where I'm comfortable. Sure, it may not be perfect, but it's it's safe. It's familiar, right? It's, it's the place you've lived at five years where you drive home without even thinking about it, right? Or it just, it comes natural. It's secondary, right? And you just kind of think about that, right? Well, for a lot of people, that's where they get stuck. So when you start talking about making more money, you're turning that thermostat up. You're turning up the heat, if you will. And some people are like, okay, I like it. A little warmer in here. That'd be great. That'd be fantastic, right? For some people, it's like, whoa, 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 it's too hot. It's too hot. I'm uncomfortable. I want to go back to where it's safe. I want to go back to where it's secure, 
what has to happen in order for you to change your thermostat is you need prolonged exposure to the new temperature, okay? So if you, like, try this. Seriously, try this. Like, yeah, go to your house and look at whatever the thermostat is, okay? Then raise it one degree this week. Get used to that. Give it another week. Then go two degrees. Do this for a month, right? Raise it four or five degrees one way or the other. The hotter or colder, you decide. And then do this. In a month, go back to that original temperature. I guarantee you, you will notice a huge difference when you go back to that original temperature because your body has adjusted to where it got comfortable before. I can tell this in my own house. If we raise the temperature uh, or lower the temperature within two degrees, I can feel it, right? I don't sleep as good, right? It's more noticeable. If we raise the temperature up, I'm hotter, easier. If it's cooler, you know, it's like you got to bundle up more. That's just two degrees, and that's done over the period of a few days. So in order to permanently change your thermostat, you have to have repeated exposure. Now, there's a plus and a minus to that. The plus is that becomes the new normal. The minus is, in some ways, that becomes the new normal. Here's what I mean, right? If you're used to making $20,000 a month, which I know for a lot of you is like inconceivable, and it was for me for a long time, but if you're used to selling $20,000 of goods a month, you do that four or five months, you're used to that. That becomes the standard. That becomes the gold standard. The fact that I made almost, uh, in fact, not even almost, more than three times my annual salary in a single month. We sold three times what I used to make in an entire year in, an, in a single month. The fact that I used to do that, that's a huge adjustment to my thermostat, right? But guess what? If I went back to just making what I used to make when I worked for the Fortune 500 company, I would feel like that was less, that I wasn't good enough, that I wasn't making the right amount of money, that I was making too little money when just a few short years ago, five years ago, if you will, that was amazing to me. I couldn't believe I was making that type of money. So my whole point is, if you want to change your perspective, if you, you know, if you want to change it, it has to be regular and consistent. That's why people that go on these crash diets fail, right? That's why I fail when I go on crash diets because it's, it's not prolonged exposure to a new environment. It's like, oh, yeah, I lost 20 pounds. You know, we, we crank the thermostat down really, really hard for a couple days or a couple weeks or maybe even a month or two. Now we're going to crank it right back up. The other thing is, right, whatever is causing you, Let's just take the weight uh, example, right? If if you got to figure out what causes you to eat terribly. So, you know, like for me, I'm an emotional eater. If I have a bad day, it's like, well, fuck it. I deserve this donut, right? Also, I get a few adult pops in me. It's really hard for me to say no to a bean burrito at 2 o'clock in the morning because they sound so good and they're made by five-star chefs, right? So my point being that in order to be and have lasting change you have to make lasting changes and impacts and you've got to constantly be keeping that thermostat and moving it forward and forward and forward until it gets to become your new reality and like I said the downside of the new reality is sometimes like you know if I only do $30,000 you know then I'm a piece of shit right it's like well no wait a second you always have to relate back to where you were um, one of the things that I learned from Dan Sullivan uh, in, in uh, one of 
his books. I think it's called like Avoiding the Gap. Okay, actually, I, I have it right here. Funny that. Uh, Learning How to Avoid the Gap. Hey, check that out. Way to go, uh, pot brain, for good memory there. One of the things that he always talks about is that you have this ideal self-image, okay? And this is this image that's leading you forward. It's leading you forward. It's something that you think, right? So for me, right, I've got, you know, g- flowing uh, hair. I've got, you know, I'm, you know, I'm muscular, I'm fit, I'm trim, I'm about six inches taller, I'm driving a nice car, I'm wearing good clothes, et cetera, et cetera. Right, that's the ideal self-image. The deal is whenever we try to reach out to that, we always make the mistake of looking towards that ideal self-image and say, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. What we rarely do is go, listen, look at where we were just six months ago, three months ago, and look how far we've come instead of how far we have to go. That's really the difference, right? Instead of going, well, this is how far we have to go, it's like, look how far we've come. And to me, that's a much healthier approach, and it's hard. Okay, I'm not, I'm not up here saying I've got to figure it figured out. I struggle with this all the time, because when you add in comparing yourself to others, when you add in you know, comparing this year to last year, I mean, you can do a lot of negative self-talk and a lot of negative damage and think, oh, man, you know, yeah, sure, I sold 100 grand this month, but guess what? This guy uh, sold 500 grand. Uh, so, you know, compared to him, I'm one-fifth the person, et cetera, you know, so what I always try to do and what I recommend people do is that instead of looking forward, all right, you look at how far you've come. Sure, $100,000 is not a lot of money to a lot of people. But when I was at Marketing Mayhem and doing my presentation there, I was talking and I was like, yeah, we did 100 grand. And I kind of like just, I just kind of sh- blew it off. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we did 100 grand uh, last month and, you know, really hoping to keep the trend going and stuff like that. And this guy stopped me. He goes, man, I'm just trying to do 100 grand a year. And again, that, that goes back to the whole thermostat conversation that we're having. To me, my thermostat was already ratcheted up to where it's like 100 grand, like, okay, that's a good thing to get started and warmed up. But, you know, we got bigger goals than that, and here's how we're going to achieve it. Instead of, right, instead of going, holy crap, five years ago, you know, I was making, I was making 40 grand a year, and in a single month, we quadrupled that or whatever, uh, tripled that uh, in, in total sales. So... That's what I would tell you. Um, you always have to be kind of aware and, and thinking about uh, your thermostat, which it, it's funny because I didn't actually plan on talking about any of that. It just kind of popped in my head and I wanted to share it with you. So, Tim, if that's not what you wanted to talk about, what is it that you do want to talk about? Well, when I was at Marketing Mayhem, uh, I got uh, – <laughs> yeah. Where do I even begin with marketing mayhem? First of all, if you were there, thanks so much for uh, hanging through the roast and having a, a great time. And it's good to see everybody. Uh, these events, they're amazing and awesome, but they're a lot like weddings. You never get to spend enough time with everybody you want to. Someone's inevitably going to be upset when when they didn't get to spend time with you. And ultimately, you know, you're, it just everything you try to accomplish doesn't happen. Just flat out, just doesn't happen, right? Um, but I gave a presentation on something that you're going to hear me talk a lot about, and that's simple little business. And that's basically where I am coming to terms and grip and comfort with the fact that I run a simple little business. 
All right, and I promise all this is going to wrap up in a nice pretty bow, uh, you know, in 27 minutes, just like the sitcoms. But, you know, I run a simple little business where it's me. It's usually or has been up until this point one full-time assistant um, and a bunch of outsourcers that we use. And basically, uh, we run this business. It averages uh, a minimum of, uh, you know, on average $1,000 a day uh, in revenue, uh, excuse me, total sales. You know, a good chunk of that is revenue. And ultimately, I'm okay with that because it gives me a lot of lifestyle freedom. I get to travel. I get to say, you know what, I want to take two weeks off and I don't have $40,000 in payroll to hit, et cetera, et cetera, right? And, and it's comfortable for me. And what I mean by being comfortable in my own skin and my own business is this event was the first time I can remember going to an event, have someone explain to me their whole business model, and me being able to go, man, that sounds amazing, but it's not for me. You know, guys that have 9, 10, 12, 15 employees, and I'm like, man, that sounds awesome. And amazing for you not so much for me but the concept of a simple little business really got developed uh, before that it got developed back when I was sucking corporate cock and working for the man when I started talking about uh, or started thinking about this dream that we had and this is what I really wanted to talk to you uh, about today in this apparently ADD episode of uh, the rarely recorded super infrequent two drink Tim podcast is you know, I was I was thinking about this dream that we all got sold. And maybe you didn't get sold this dream, but I did growing up in a, you know, a, a, a white, uh, semi-conservative, uh, which is funny because we lived on the West Coast. But, you know, just like a conservative household. Like, this is what I always thought. Okay, you go to school, right? You do really good in school. You apply yourself. You learn. Then you go to college. You get your bachelor's degree. You get out. You get a good job making you a bunch of money, right? Then with that money, you you know, hopefully have some money to date, meet someone, fall in love, get married, have a few kids, buy a house, work, 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 retire, 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 65 comes, you retire, you live rich, you know, you live another 10, 15 years and you're done. You're done, you're out, it's over, it's gone. Uh, that was a good life. And I'm starting to realize that that is a horrible dream. And it's a dream for a lot of people that has turned into a nightmare. And here's what I mean by that. Like, a lot of people now are getting out of school. They're doing, you know, one, the jobs are not there. Okay. Two, they've spent a ridiculous amount of money um, trying to get a college degree in like underwater basket weaving or something along those lines. Okay. Um, so the jobs aren't there. So because the jobs aren't there, then they have to move back in with mom and dad or get a roommate or whatever and do that. And all their money goes to paying off these student loans. And because because of their student loan issues and because they need to, to make money to pay off this huge, in some cases, six-figure debt, what they do is they take jobs not that they want, but jobs that they have to take for the money. But of course, because it's a buyer's market, not a seller's market, meaning it's an, it's an employer's market, not an employee market right now, guess what? You have to take a job that's probably making way less than you thought, has super low ability to be promoted in, and you know has limited ability to kind of rise through, and limited in general. What I mean by that is, like my last raise at the Fortune 500 company was like 1.6%. Right. And, and granted, OK, there were a lot of things going on there. I was a horrible employee. I'm sure they didn't want to give me anything. And I'm sure there are other people. Um, I'm sure there are other people who 
made way more money than me because they were a team player and liked the job. And, you know, they were like, oh, this corporate cock tastes good. I can't wait to get on some of this, you know, but like, yes, thank you. Um, so you've got this bad dream, right? It's like, okay, well, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to go to school. Now, I got to go to college because if you have a high school diploma, according to all the commercials and the president, everyone running for president, I'm going to be like, you know, a welfare queen with two, uh, you know, two baby daddies. And all, you know, it's like, apparently, like, remember when high school used to be like my parents? That's all you needed, high school. High school, that's all you need. So now, now you need a bachelor's degree, right? And I, and I actually was on uh, my friend Darren Bentley's uh, Big Wig Nation podcast, which I recommend you check out, by the way. Um, and he was, I was talking about this, and I was like, this is when I knew this, the whole education thing, to me, was, was quasi-bullshit, okay? And, and here's what I mean. I knew it was quasi-bullshit because I remember the dean coming in, like we were, I think, in our last semester, and it was we were taking this prerequisite class that all the seniors had to take to graduate. So we do it. He comes in. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk to you today. Today, you know, this this is a huge time of celebration and accomplishment in your life, and you should be very proud of what you're doing and the fact that now you've got a, uh, you know, you've got a bachelor's degree coming. One thing I want to talk to you about, though, is, getting your master's degree because you know high school or excuse me uh, college degrees are becoming like high school diplomas now and if you really want to stand out you really should consider going and getting your master's degree and I just sat I remember sitting there and going wait a second like I've just spent the last four years of my life and not even the last four really the last eight because I had no money for college so I went into the military and that was the smartest thing I did as far as that because I signed up for the GI Bill so my college was paid for uh, thanks to my service for my, to my country you know um, and I don't regret that at all but really I, I mean because of that I spent four years in the military um, and then I spent four years uh, for like two and a half finishing up my degree because I was smart and um, went to school. I was in in the military, but I was like, man, you know, you almost think that you are at the end of the line, and now someone goes, hey, you know that finish line you're just about to cross? Yeah, we're going to go ahead and move that about about $70,000 more down the line in about four more years of your life. And And here's like even that didn't bug me as much as what happened next. And here's what happened next. What I noticed was he immediately left our class and he immediately went to like the master's degree program, which was right down the hall and, and t wanted to talk to them for just a few minutes. And you know what? Honestly, I, I didn't attend it, but I, I, I'd almost be willing to bet you money that he went into that master's degree program and said, ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. I think that it's great what you've done and accomplished and you've worked so hard. First, you got your bachelor's degree. Now you got your master's degree. But you know, master's degree are becoming more dime a dime a dozen. In fact, I just got done talking with a, a class and all of them said that they're going to get there. So, you know, the marketplace is going to get crowded. So if you really, 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 really want to be something special, what I recommend you doing is getting your doctorate. I almost said master's degree, but I'm like, wait, that's not right, right? So what I mean is they keep changing the minimum requirements, the cost to get those minimum requirements keep going up, and the income keeps going lower and lower and lower. And I'm not here to get into politics. I don't give a shit what you believe in. Same thing with religion. That's your fucking business. Keep that out of my life, okay? This isn't Obama's fault. This isn't Bush's fault. This isn't anybody's fault. It's a society problem. 
Because we keep saying, here's the line, here's the line, here's the line, here's the line. And we keep advancing that, and the return on investment is less and less. Think about that. Uh, what are we talking, six years to get your master's degree, if I remember? It was a four- and a two-year program, maybe seven, maybe eight. I don't know. I, I stopped at the bachelor's degree. But imagine if you put that same time, money, and effort into building something of your own right? The first year I left the Fortune 500 company, I matched my salary working like four hours a week. And this wasn't some fancy Tim Ferriss four-hour work week. It was just Tim Kassman, super fucking lazy time, right? Which is the name of my next book, by the way, super fucking lazy time. You can probably not pick that up on Walmart or, or Amazon anytime soon. But we got sold this bad dream, right? Used to be, I remember my parents, you know, worked for one company the majority of their lives. Now it seems like people are changing jobs more than they change their underwear. It's like, oh, I get a, a nickel here, a nickel there. And the loyalty goes both sides. It goes to, on the, the job employer side, hey, I can get this person for cheaper, so I'm going to go with them. And it also goes with the employee side, which is, hey, I can make a dollar more an hour. I, I like this place, but I need the money because I got to pay off all this stupid fucking student loan debt that I went in debt for so I could work here at Arby's on the night shift as the assistant janitorial manager. And we just kind of got sold this bad dream. And I feel like it's kind of fucked up, right? It's fucked up that so many people in society think this is the norm. They think they have to get up every day and go to a job they hate at a company they can't stand with coworkers they want to punch in the face and do this day after day, week after week. I was playing at a poker game this weekend and uh, I was talking to this guy and the poker game play goes to like midnight. And I was like, hey guys, do you want to play till one? And like everyone was like, no, no, no. Like I have to get up tomorrow and go to work and blah, blah, blah. And one of the guys goes, don't you have to do that? And I was like, no. I don't. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I don't even own an alarm clock. Like, I haven't set an alarm clock probably since I quit the job, right? And and honestly, now when I have to set an alarm clock, like if it's an early flight or something like that, I have super anxiety because I'm afraid like I'm going to miss it. Um, and I'm also not that fun before 6 a.m. So um, we get sold this dream. We're told, Tim, listen, this is what you got to do, man. You got to go. You got to go to school. You got to get your bachelor's degree. You're going to get out. You're going to make good money. I remember when I got out, like my, my first job offer was like, I don't know, 10 bucks an hour before. And I think it went up to 12 bucks an hour when I had my, and I was like $2 more. Like, you know, I just took on like $60,000 uh, at that time, it was like $30,000 uh, in student loan debt. And you're telling me I'm doing that to make an extra $2 an hour? Same thing when I worked for the Fortune 500 company. Here I am, right, getting a 1% raise. I even did the math. I was like, you realize that's $20 a month, right? So you're giving me an extra $240. And, and they go, well, that's what's in the budget. That's all we have. And I had just got done doing a stage hypnosis gig where I made $1,500 in a single hour. Listen. For the majority of the people listening to this podcast, you are not going to get rich working for someone else. You're not going to retire comfortably. You're not going to be able to take vacations you want, live the lifestyle you want. And even if you do, by the time that you do that, you're going to be so fucking worn out and tired, okay, that you're not going to be able to enjoy it. 
You give up the best years of your life working for someone else when you have the most energy, the most testosterone, especially if you're a girl, right? The most, you know, ability to party like crazy. Like I'm 35 years old and I can tell you in the last three years, I am feeling it more and more every day. You used to be able to party all the time. Not even party, just stay up late, no big deal. Go to bed at two, get up at six, not a problem. You know why? Because we have the energy. I don't have that energy now. If I do something like that, I'm like, I'll see you guys next week right? So you give up all this time, this money, this freedom, so you can go work at a job so that one day, hopefully, if you've, if you've sacrificed enough in your life, right? If you didn't get the latte you wanted, if it's X and Y, you know, if you, if you didn't go on the vacation you really wanted, if you scrimped and you saved and you denied yourself time after time after time after time, then finally you get to where you can retire, right? And isn't it amazing? You retire, right? You're broken down. You're on tons of fucking pills because you're stressed out. You got high blood pressure, right? Because you've got nothing but constant stress in your life and all this stuff. By the way, is this uplifting? Does anyone have the gun in their mouth right now? If you do, just say, hey, me him, right? Like, because I know, obviously, it's, you're not able to do that with the gun in your mouth but i mean this is this is really what we're sold it's like give up your dreams give up your goals go work at a job that you hate go make as little money as possible scrimp and save your whole life one day one day one day you'll have enough how many people really think like oh you know what now now i can retire probably not many right because just like the education line has moved just like the income line has moved guess what else is moving the age of retirement and how much money is really going to be there for you to retire anyway, right? Social Security's fucked up, right? Uh, and they're saying, I remember as a kid, they were like, listen, plan your own retirement because Social Security is not going to be there for you when you need it. Or when you do need it, it's going to be severely reduced. I think uh, we have the highest amount of people set to retire within the next five to ten years that are all going to go on the social systems because... Why? Because we are a spend now, save later generation. Let me ask you this. Let me not ask you this. Let me just tell you this right now. Okay? If you don't have $500 in a bank account right now, like cash money that you don't have to spend on something, you are fucked. Okay? No one else is going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you that. Hey, you know what? 500 is the bare fucking minimum. 500 is amateur hour. I'm just going to be real with you. If you don't have... If you don't have a few thousand dollars saved up, you are fucked, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not trying to depress you. I'm not trying to be, uh, beat you up. I'm just telling you the truth, okay? Because life happens, right? Dog blows out an ACL. Well, there's $2,000. Well, shit, we can either put the dog down or, we can get, you know, kid gets sick. You get sick. You get laid off. You know, the wife wants to have a baby. Whatever it is, you have to be smart and judicious with your money. And the only way that I see you getting out of this bad dream and this nightmare is to start your own fucking business on the side start it on the side you don't have to you know these people oh, i'm going to burn in my bridges and make sure this is the only thing i can do to me that's a stupid fucking idea all right when i quit my job with progressive which is the fortune 500 company insurance i kept my insurance license active for another two years just in case well tim that's negative thinking no it's smart thinking you know, it's plenty smart thinking, okay? Because what happens is that gives you options and availability. And my first year when business was slow, I was like, hey, you know what? I'll go do some catastrophe adjusting and, and so on and so forth. So 
what I'm telling you is take some money, start a business part-time, build it up, okay? Can you be successful overnight? Absolutely you can. Does it happen to everyone? No. You know what the number one reason most businesses fail for? Undercapitalization. I had a guy hit me up the other day, wanted me to promote a product, not because it was good, not because, you know, it was high quality. It was like, hey, man, I'm running into a cash flow issue, and I really need some help getting out of it. And it's like, well, well wait a second. That's not, that's not benefiting you. Right? That's not benefit that's, that's not excuse me, that's not benefiting anybody but you. It's not that this is a great product or a great service. You're just like, man, I need some fucking money. Like, listen to me. You know, you've got to get out of that mindset and mentality that someone else is gonna be there to save you. Okay, and I know for a lot of people, right, this is entertainment and fun and yeah, fuck yeah, and then when you get off here you're gonna walk in to the office, punch the time clock or sit down in the cubicle, right, dreaming about the life that you had, you know, as you slowly lack the quad strength to eventually get out of your chair. A little nod to Bill Burr there. But for the people that are absolutely hearing this and going, damn it, Tim, you're right. What do we do? What you got to do is first go back and listen to some of the first editions of this podcast. I break down exactly how I did it. Start something part-time. Get a quit date. Invest. Reinvest. Put all of your money into the business. Don't touch it. Okay? That money is not your money. It's the business's money for the first 12 to 24 months. But, Tim, that's really long and it sounds like a hard time. Let me ask you this. How fucking old are you right now? How old are you? Most of my customers are 50, uh, you know, late 40s, 50s, 60s, and above. I got a few young whippersnappers, which is anyone I'm calling under 40 now, right? But what kills me is these people have been doing it their way for 40, 50 years, right? Most of them are broke. Most of them are one paycheck away from fucked up. You know, most of them are just fucked, but they they don't want to do it some way different for two years, And let me tell you something. I'm not here to tell you it's perfect. There are times when it sucks. You know, when my buddies wanted to go out and drink and party, I didn't do that. When they all bought fancy new trucks, I drove a Chevy Cavalier. When they bought all new houses, I lived in the ghetto. My house literally got broken into like three times in a calendar year. That's how shitty the place I was living at was, right? One time I came home, all my shit was gone. Like not, not like all of it, but like 95%, like anything of value done X, X, you know, the wedding ring, the class ring, uh, jewelry, you know, the only thing they left me was my dog and, and that was fine. All that shit was gone, man. It was all gone. And you know what it taught me? It didn't really matter. I could rebuy that stuff again. Sure. It sucked. Yeah, it stunk. I lost my class ring. Oh, wait, I could order that again. Yeah, it stunk. Uh, I lost my wedding ring. Oh, wait, we already got divorced and I already had, you know, it was not a big deal. Like, it sucks, but it's a temporary setback. It's a temporary setback. It's not something that is going to last forever. And guess what? The other day, I'm getting off the plane and lo and behold, there's a guy that I was friendly with several years ago. Okay. I'm in khakis and a short and and in no hurry and this guy is just rushing, right? He's in a suit and tie and he's all stressed out and he's you know, he's just rushing. He's rushing everywhere he goes and I just see him, he's just like he's like a fucking ping pong ball. And I'm thinking there's a guy who's gotta hustle not because he wants to, but because he has to. Because he's got a wife and a kid at home, because he's got huge bills, because he's got a limited income, because he works for somebody else. You are never going to get rich working for somebody else. You're never. The only reason I have employees is to help delegate some of the workload and help make me more money. That's it, right? The only reason I'm willing to pay you $10 an hour is because I think I can make $15 or $20 off you an hour. That's it. 
I don't run a charity. Businesses aren't charity, right? They're not giving you a job because they don't think they can make money with you. And if you're like, well, Tim, I'm just, um, I'm, you know, I'm stressed out to the max. You know, I have no money. All my credit cards are X and Y or Z. Then you're going to have to make some life choices. Maybe you got to shut off the TV. Maybe you got to go back to a landline. <gasps> oh, my God, Tim. Yeah, I had a landline. Yeah, it sucked. But you know what? I wasn't distracted all the time. People still left messages. I called them back. I survived. Oh, my God, you don't have a cell phone? No, I don't have a cell phone. You know why? Because I can't fucking afford it. Why? Because I'm trying to be an adult and, and take care of my responsibilities. Sell some shit. That boat that you get in once a month or once a year that you pay all this in dock fees and X and Y and Z, get the fuck rid of it. And you know what you do? You either take that money and you pay off your debt or you go out and you open a, a separate checking account. You go, hey, you know what? This is my business account right here. This is it. This is my business account. This is what I'm going to get started. You can get started, especially if you go online, for a few hundred to a few thousand dollars. Well, Tim, I don't have that. Well, then get it. Get it or, or go get another job, right? I, I get people that contact me and go, uh, yeah, listen, um, I'm emailing you from the public library system here. Uh, I'm homeless. I'm this and I'm that. And I, I want to know how can I make a million dollars tomorrow? And I go, here's what you need to do. You need to stop. You need to go down to Walmart or McDonald's or go into your boss and say, I need more money. I need more hours. I need more X, Y, Z. I need more. Whether it's a part-time job, whether it's opening your own business, whether it's getting more hours at the company work, whether it's moonlighting, whatever it is, that's what you need to do. And you know why you need to do that? Because you've got to get out of debt. Because debt is poison and debt is cancer. And debt makes you do shit that you don't want to do. Dave Ramsey used to say this all the time. I owe, I owe. So it's off to work I go. When I talk to my friends, you know, none of them tells me about the great day they had at work. They all tell me, oh, man, it fucking sucked. And that's there. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, I'm, I'm wasting away the best years of my life here. Like, no one ever thinks about that. It's just like, oh, it was a shitty day like, on top of a shitty week, on top of a shitty year, on top of a shitty decade. It's like, you are wasting away. And you know what? Nobody has promised tomorrow. I could drop dead right now. Hope it doesn't happen. Of course, you know, we never think it's going to happen to us, but it very well could happen. And then what? Then what's your family left with? A bunch of fucking student loan debt, which I think, you know, a bunch of debt, no savings, no retirement, nothing. Like, you don't want to do that. You know, when I die, I, I want people to be sad, but I, I definitely don't want my family or friends being in a position where they have to chip in or do a charity WSO to help pay for my funeral expenses. So if you're in the bad nightmare, right, if you've already done the school thing and you got a ton of debt, I get it. I understand. What you got to do now is you got to say, okay, I got to get out of this. And if you don't know what you want to do, get to fucking work paying off the debt. If you have an idea and you know what you want to do, take some money, sell some shit. Do not get a credit card. Listen to me, damn it. Do not get a credit card. Okay? You are going to run a cash-based business from day one as best as possible. Okay, cash-based business as best as possible from day one because the borrower is slave to the lender. You feel me? You borrow money, that bank owns your ass, right? People go, oh, I got a car and a house. I own a bunch of shit. You don't own shit. You know how I know that? You stop paying. You tell me who owns that. Yeah, you stop paying your car note. You stop paying that house note. Let me know, right? 
I love it. These guys bragging about all this money that they're making, right? I have a sustainable business online. Really? Because when I knew you, you couldn't even afford a home loan because you had so much debt. But now that you've been doing it a year, like now you're sustainable all of a sudden? Like in a year, you just paid off all that debt, got the house and all that? You know what sustainability is? It's the ability to say, fuck you, I'm not doing anything. Remember I told you I ain't done shit the last couple weeks? It's been marvelous. And you know what? I'm not stressed. You know why I'm not stressed? Because I got money coming in. That's more than the money going out. And even if it wasn't, I got stacks on stacks on stacks for savings and retirement. Okay? Cash, money, liquid. I own everything with the exception of the house. Right? But I could scratch a check today and pay it off. I just don't. Because I like going to my bank and going, can you give me the balance on that account? Great. Thank you very much. And seeing the girl behind the counter look at me in my ratty fucking t-shirt and shorts, right? And then look at, up at me and be like, there's got to be a mistake. There's no way this homeless dude who's standing before me actually makes the, or has the amount of money that I'm seeing right here. And that's not to brag. That's not to, that's not to boast. It's to tell you, okay, that you have the ability to make a change. No one tapped me on the shoulder and was like, Tim, listen, um, you need to go out there and start your own job. I said, I'm going to do it. I looked, at what, I looked at what everyone was doing, and I was like, is this it? Like, really, this is it. I'm going to work at a job I hate, 40 hours a week plus a two-hour-a-day commute for a company I can't stand, for customers that I can't even speak because I, I don't even know uh, Spanish, right? Like, like just craziness. Just absolute craziness. And I was like, no, there's got to be something better. So I built my own dream. I built my own reality. And now I get to benefit from that. I'm not special. I don't have magical powers that you can't duplicate. All I did was say, I'm going to devote myself. I'm going to give myself some time, some money, and some space to make this happen. And I'm going to constantly reinvest. And when other people zig, I'm going to zag. When all my buddies bought new trucks, I paid off my car, right? When everyone was buying a new house, I paid off my credit card. When everyone was going on vacation, I was putting money in savings so that I had a savings account. So when I had three to six months savings, I could get out and do what I wanted to do. That's why they still are doing the same shit they were doing five years ago. And I'm sitting here in the middle of the day recording a two drink Tim podcast. I win, motherfuckers. I win. So, that's it. That's all I want to share with you this time. I just really wanted to get on here and, and talk and see if I even remembered how to do the damn thing. So, I promise you, uh, the next one will hopefully be less ADD. You know, I'm not going to sit here and go, listen, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to record it. Because that shit does, doesn't work. When I, when I feel like I got something to say, I'm going to share it with you. If I don't feel like I got something to say, I'm not. Because I don't want to just be one of these guys. You know, I'm not a radio DJ. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a guy that has to show up every day and entertain. I get to entertain how and when I feel. And, and I get to say what I want to say when I want to say it. And when the heart compels me to speak, that's when you're going to hear from me. So with that, I wish you well. I hope that uh, your day and week and year is going well. If not, we got to talk about that, right? If not, and you need some help, reach out to me. Contact timcastleman at gmail.com. Maybe I can give you some advice, set you straight, or we can jump on the phone and I can kind of help you plot out your escape plan. I wish nothing but the best for you. I hope that you have a great week, and I look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. Maybe infrequently soon. Sometime soon. 
Would you settle for soonish? All right, I'm out of here. See ya.